It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, April 27th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is impressed with Flyers fans for asking such good questions. They're, they really want answers, man. They do. Well, we've got some of them for you coming up right now. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. That's where you get your questions answered that we are going to get to. On today's show, we are also going to talk about tonight's matchup against the Winnipeg Jets, which has some interesting comparisons between our two teams. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All quiet on the Western Front. For the Flyers going into tonight's matchup against the Winnipeg Jets. And well, I mean, I could tell you one thing. They're not going to yeah. be like hanging out saying, loving Winnipeg. Woo! Maybe yeah, that's, why. that's true. Well, they don't have an airport, as we all well know. So it's a little tough to get to Winnipeg. Makes it exhausting. Speaking of which, interesting thread once again by Chris Pronger out there on travel for NHL players. We'll link to that in the show notes, just saying that Philly is probably one of the best teams to play for in terms of ease of travel. Ease of travel, yes. Handling of baggage, the worst. (laughs) That is absolutely fair. You'd think with all the renovations, that would be one of the things that would improve. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so true. Like you go to Vegas as an example and you get your bags like in 10 minutes of two seconds. Yeah. 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 It's so funny. Hopefully they'll get to fixing that soon. Much like we're hoping the Flyers can improve soon. And the Flyers are finishing out this season against a couple of teams that also did not make the playoffs. So, you know, it should be, I think, a pretty loose game tonight against Winnipeg because both teams just want to have some fun and play out their last remaining games and try not to get hurt, but, you know, make it a competitive game for the fans. I think that's just kind of the attitude you have to go into with these couple of games. And, you know, obviously Winnipeg getting eliminated much later than the Flyers did. So I think the disappointment there is a little bit more raw because there was an expectation of maybe making the playoffs a much later in the season than for the Flyers. Well, when they were in town, they did have a regrouping. You remember I told you they had Mm -hmm. this whole closed door meeting and I was on the Winnipeg side and we waited like 15 minutes and they did, they did fix the, uh, the ship for a little while and they did start to win some games and then, you know, came up short. So I feel like again, when they face the flyers, they're going to want to play their best because they knew they beat them last time. This, this time of year, there's guys that 
sometimes are injured that want to get back for that last game or two, like Cole Perfetti is trying to get back to the lineup just so he can have right. a positive um, feeling for next year as an example. So there is a bit of that that goes on too. And then sometimes you don't know you're playing your last games and you're just, that's it. You're never going to play again. That happens. You just, so, you know, I get it. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about Cole Perfetti trying to come back for these last couple of games. He's kind of their one shining star prospect that yep. made his debut in Winnipeg this year, unlike the Flyers, who have had you know a ton of kids stepping up in the last couple of weeks and given these opportunities because of injuries, whereas I think the Jets haven't had as much room for that. No, and, and, and that's something where... You know, a lot of times Flyers fans will say these are meaningless games, but um, I was with a group last night and I, I threw it back at them. I said, well, if the Flyers were eight points out of the playoffs as of like a month ago, how many of these kids would have played at all? And then it's like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, so it's like, you know, so there is a positive angle to it. There is. Yeah, we are getting important information about our young talent and what they can do at the NHL level. And, you know, we've been saying that again and again, you know, as we've wound down this season for the Flyers. And so I think that this matchup will be, to some degree, another chance for these kids to prove themselves on the Flyers side. But also, I think, for the veterans to go out on a more of a high note than they have been recently. I think, you know, JVR has done his kind of late season boom to try and get that goal scoring <laughs> championship. Most fans are not happy about it because I it's know a, it, it's the feeling of the too little, too late um, syndrome. And yet he's going to end up leading the team in goals, which is very deceptive. It is. Yes, and I think so. It's mostly because of injuries, right? That I, yeah. I'm pretty sure Cam Atkinson would have kept that had yeah. he stayed in. But is there anybody that's like a JVR on the Winnipeg Jets right now? Not that's healthy. I would say the closest would be on defense, actually, would be like Neil Pion, because sometimes he's really on and then sometimes mm. he's not. And and they they rely on him greatly because, again, they got him – uh, in a trade from the Rangers, and for a while it made the Rangers look stupid. Like, it was like, wow, look at Neil Pionk. But then he, you know, sort of goes on these stretches where he's not that great. I mean, 34 points is good. Um, it's not his career high, but it's pretty good. So you just you, you wonder, like, when is he going to have that breakout year because 45 was, like, his high, and I think – Right. I think you could look at him like a JVR, like saying, hmm, this is good, but this isn't like what you should be getting like every year. No, that's true. And I think you know, defensively, for me, obviously the standout guy on the Jets is Josh Morrissey. I've been yeah. a fan of his for a long time. And I think maybe I've been thinking about this a little bit. He's more of a hybrid between a Travis Sanheim and an Ivan Provorov. He is because he's not a... Um, hardcore, good defensive defenseman, but he's good. He's more of like the, yeah, does the stick move away? Sometimes he'll use his body, but uses the stick a lot, but he's got speed. Yeah. He's very smart. Um, and I think the hybrid part comes mainly from the way he uses his offense and then transitions back to defense. So I think you're right about that. And, and I still think around the league, he's kind of unheralded. 
even though he's a really good player, known as a good player, but yeah, I think that's, I just don't think he has the name around the league yet. No. And I, I think the guys obviously that have more of a high profile are on the offensive side for them. So like your Kyle Connor, your Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think sometimes even Mark Shifley gets lost in the shuffle because those other two guys get more flashier attention. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, um, Shifley is one who is a dominant center. Like he's more than a point a game. He's everything you want him to be, but you you have heard these little issues um, when Maurice was there that maybe he was unhappy in the. So I, I just kind of look at Shifley and say, I think there is another level to you uh, where he could get like that eighty-five point seasons, and I think and I think he could do it. it, it the question is, will he do it for Winnipeg anymore? Because mm. you know he had the eighty-two points and eighty-four points, and then it's been dropping a bit. So I don't know. He may be a guy that that ends up getting traded, as crazy as that sounds, just because that's been out there. Pierre-Luc Dubois has really stood out for this team and I think been a lot more successful there than maybe we would have imagined after that trade with Columbus, that, you know, it was more about getting Line to Columbus and out of Winnipeg than getting PLD to Winnipeg, in a sense. At least that was my take on it that that's what that trade took. But uh, I think that PLD is going to have like a really good stretch there. He will. Uh, I've always been high on PLD. I always loved his work ethic, liked his physicality. It's interesting now because even though he proved that he can play center, he's back to not playing center. Uh, Maybe that is to maximize his goal scoring. And, you know, he has 27 goals. That's he's, he's going to set a career high if he gets his next one. So it's a really good year for him, and he's 23. Like, that's the big thing. It seems like he's older. Maybe because really he looks a little older. He's, you know, he's physically mature. So really, Winnipeg has him at the right time. Like, this is his mm-hmm. prime. And so I feel like they are getting the most out of him. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think it should be a fun game, honestly. You just got to watch out win- for Kyle Connor. He kills the Flyers every time. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we said at the top of the show, uh, being impressed about Flyers fans questions, we're going to get to those coming up next. But first, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, they've got quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, and easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. I love using HelloFresh because you always get something that tastes incredible and is just the right amount of food for two people, or I've got a meal for myself and leftovers the next day. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and the code LockedOn16. 
Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, as to be expected, our mailbag is full of questions looking toward the future of the team and looking toward the playoffs. So I'm excited to get going on these. The first question, such a good one, is getting younger a priority after the the way they went after veteran leadership this year didn't work out as well? I think it's a talking point. I don't believe it's a true priority of them. I just think right now uh, Chuck is pushing the amount of players that they have under 25. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to all be playing next year when the season starts. So I, I think it's a talking point. I still think they're going to go after a veteran and, and shatter this whole um, image or question of this. So I'm a bit skeptical. I am too, to some degree. I think that one of the reasons that, you know, we've been talking about, there's been so many injuries that that's the main reason why some of these kids have gotten these opportunities Mm -hmm. now, you know, especially the call-ups from Lehigh Valley. I don't think any of them would have gotten some of the chances they have this season were it not for the injuries on this team. And Chuck Fletcher's natural instinct is to go for veterans and I'm not sure that's going to change. Now, will he, you know, allow some of these kids to make a case for themselves? And, you know, it'll be so obvious. Sure. You know, we've talked about that, that Noah Cates is probably the most likely of any of them to be able to make that case going into next season. But yeah, I just my gut says and putting myself in Chuck Fletcher's brain that he is the guy that is going to just keep tapping that well of veterans out there that he's familiar with. Well, all I can say is I remember being at camp and there were definitely two or three young players that were pushing. But then when you looked at all the signings and all the veterans that were there, there were almost no spots to be taken by a young player at the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. I, this year, I don't think they could help it because of the cap, but I still don't think it's as many as there should be. I agree. All right, next question. What are you looking for in the next coach of the Flyers? Uh, You're looking for leadership, structure, uh, maybe a coach that likes to care about what's going on in the AHL because uh, Lehigh needs some some special care. I think those things, I don't necessarily fear or feel that it has to be like good cop or bad cop. I don't think it has to be one or the other. Uh, I do get the feeling that some fans do want the bad cop to come in, but I, but I, I think that's a natural knee-jerk reaction when you have a guy like Mike Yo, who's a nice guy, and it's not working out. So then you feel like, well, you want to have someone come in and hold the players accountable. Yeah, that's great, but sometimes you know by half season that doesn't work either. Yeah, I think I want a guy that is going to be a, a systems guy. That's going to come in and look at the personnel they have and make the best opportunity, you know, for success for this group of players and really tailor a system to the skills of the personnel he has. I think that's the and, you know, and be able to work cohesively. And I think that's the the drum we've been banging for the last several weeks in terms of coordinating with Lehigh Valley and making sure that there's a, a collective player development within this system. 
that, you know, that works to, to give the team the best chance at success. Now, speaking of coaches, there is word on the street that Lindy Ruff might be out in New Jersey. Is he a potential candidate for the Flyers? The only way I'd say he's a candidate, and I'm sure some of the Flyers hierarchy like Lindy, they know him for a million years. They played against him. Uh, they've coached against him. If you are getting Lindy to kind of bridge the gap because you don't feel like that great coach is out there and you want some structure and you know you're not going to be super competitive the next two years, then yes, by all means, Lindy Ruff is a good hire. If you believe you're going to win next year, you can't hire Lindy Ruff. And if you believe that you're going to build for the next three years, you can't hire Lindy Ruff. I agree with you there. I personally do not want to bridge coach because I think even though we know, I don't know if the Flyers know, but we know that they're maybe going to take a couple of years to to get back in a competitive position. I would like a coach to have been with that team going through it in the trenches so that there's a, a cohesive thing to play for and that they've been through together. I don't necessarily want a coach to just kind of get through the rough times. I'm air quoting here if you're listening versus watching on YouTube. But uh, I, I just think that's important to me to I've develop leadership and accountability. That was, that was a little weird. <laughs> I guess you felt inspired. Yeah, I did. I did. Well, it's a good question. All right. Uh, switching gears a little bit for the next question. Is there any trade or move the Flyers have made over the last several years, say in the Chuck Fletcher era, that is underappreciated? Oh, in the Fletcher era. Mm. Yeah, or Hextall. I'm going to go Hextall because I think the most obvious one is not the most obvious one to people. So 2016 draft. Leading up to it, I was a huge Carter Hart guy. I ranked him pretty high. But heading into the draft, he was not the number one ranked goalie. Evan Fitzpatrick was. And even Tyler Parsons was kind of like neck and neck with Hart. But Hart was probably the number two. And some liked Hart better than Fitzpatrick. Um, mm -hmm. but Fitzpatrick was a bigger goalie. So, you know, when the Flyers picked Hart, they did something a lot of teams didn't do. A, a lot of teams passed on Carter Hart, and they could have picked Fitzpatrick, who has never played an NHL game, and they could have picked Parsons, who's not really been great. And so I don't think they, they get enough credit for that. It wasn't a clear-cut, hey, you got to pick Carter Hart selection there because – you know, again, there were these other goalies and they ended up going after him. Uh, but that's mm -hmm. only because the Flyers were bold enough to, to take Hart. Yeah, I think that's a, a real, a real good one. And I remember when that pick happened, I was so excited because I heard all these good things about Carter Hart and, uh, you know, what he could bring. And then after they picked him, I thought he was so charming on the mm -hmm. interview. But there was some uh, kind of voodoo going on yeah. leading up to the draft as to why teams were basically steering clear of Carter Hart. And I never got to the bottom of it. I don't know if it was because they felt like he was just kind of skinny. I don't know if they didn't like his mental game. I never heard a reason. I was wondering in that draft if it was just that people didn't expect to take goalies that soon. And I think maybe. the Flyers maybe kick-started that, and, mm -hmm. and it was a surprise in that draft. That was the sense I got at the time. But yeah, I think for me, this, and this is me sort of manifesting my answer to this is in the 2020 draft, they moved up twice in late rounds by trading away a couple of lower picks to move up to take both Zade Wisdom and Elliot Denoyer. 
And I think that even with the little bit of information we've gotten on them since then, I would say more with the Zade Wisdom because he's been hurt. But um, those have both turned out to be, you know, regardless, I think, of how things turn out, like really solid moves. Because it was clear they moved up to take these particular guys because they wouldn't have otherwise. And especially with Denoye, I mean, my goodness, has he like grown by leaps and bounds in his junior career? Yeah, they're they're real good prospects. Um, I can't say Denoye is a lock. I think Wisdom's more of a lock than Denoye because of the other things he brings to his game. But they're both solid prospects. So you're right. The fact that they traded up for these guys, that was bold. And, and it was like for a reason. Yeah, the scouting was really good on both of them. And I, so I appreciate those moves. All right. Uh, how much of this season's results do you think is reflective of luck versus management and coaching? Is there any good luck? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of bad luck. Um, I'm saying bad luck. Yeah, okay. that's the implication. Okay. So if, if we're agreement, it's bad luck. This is the weird thing about this year. Again, I'm going to go back to, you know, me thinking, what is this team after the moves preseason? And my feeling was they were going to miss out on the playoffs. They were just going to miss out. And that's, you know, assuming everybody was playing, everybody was healthy. Uh, I think I think 50% of the fan base has fallen into the, well, there's been all these injuries, and you know if we had this guy healthy and that guy healthy and this guy healthy and that guy healthy, we would have been in there and we probably would have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I still can't make that leap of faith. Now, we also have to come to grips that – uh, it was just when reporters, the Philly reporters, were asking, and I was on the call, about Ryan Ellis's injuries. I think that was fair. Even though this is a different injury now, he has been a little snake-bitten with injuries, and you know he took issue with it that day. And now we're starting to see that maybe that was a good question. Um, so, so there's that. I think we all know that Cam Atkinson, when he's out there, is great, but he does get banged up a lot, too. And that's because of his size and the way he plays. So I think I can't put it all in the column of bad luck. I think what I can put it in the column is um, bad roster construction. I agree. I think for me, the biggest failure is the contingency planning was clearly not up to snuff that all of Chuck Fletcher's plan B's were not good ones. Right. So I think that that's where the, the, crux of the matter lies for me all right we've got some more questions coming up next but first we are going to hear about our friends at built bar we've been talking about built bar for a long time on the show and by now you know how much we love them but built has more than protein bars have you tried the puffs if you haven't you're missing out on one of built bars best tasting bars puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All Built Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They have so many delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New for this month, Caramel Almond Delight. 
New flavors are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off on your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we've got a few more questions for today's mailbag. Uh, First off, what do you think Chuck Fletcher will say for his end of season report? Well, I think he'll say they um, he'll joke about how he said last year was, you know, the worst year of his life and joke about how this one was worse. Mm-hmm. He'll do that to, to break up the room a little. He will um, talk about the injuries. He'll say, I'm not making an excuse. And then he'll list all the injuries. Anyhow, he will say that um, they're looking aggressively to, to retool and be competitive next year. And they believe they can make that happen. And after that, I don't know. Yeah. I am very curious what the body language is going to be. I think we'll be able to read a lot into, you know, how he's presenting it and maybe not the words, but the tone. Right. I I think that's going to say a lot for, you know, how he's feeling and see how he's handling the pressure of it. Honestly, I well, there's pressure, that... I think, for both uh, teams now. Like last year, the only pressure was rebuild the Flyers and, you know, let's get back to the playoffs. But there was no real talk of Lehigh, right? Lehigh was really an yeah. afterthought in the whole process. Well, now they can't be an afterthought because who knows if they're even going to keep the coach. So now I think Chuck has even more pressure on him this summer. I absolutely agree. And uh, not ideal for him, but we'll see how he handles it. Uh, Speaking of some of that, our next question, how is their analytics department doing so far? It's a great question because um, I did have a discussion about this yesterday with a group and I've been talking to a lot of different analytics people and just just hiring analytics people isn't enough. There's a lot of different disciplines involved in analytics and then you have to wonder when they're hiring people how steep their hockey knowledge is as well as their analytics. So all these things have to fit into place. And I know Chuck has sold everybody on the fact that, well, we have the hockey people here. We have the analytics people there. We'll help them that way. And my answer to the group was, well, if you hired people that were good at hockey and analytics, there wouldn't have to be as much of this crossover that we're, that we're talking about. So what could I say that the analytics department has done or not done? The play on the ice has gotten worse. So I, I would I would hope that it's not because of the analytics. I'll give them a pass on that. But it's gotten worse, and they're supposed to help it. Um, if you did a real study on Owen Tippett, uh, as an example, like recently I looked at it, he's 226th in expected goals. You know, that, that's not good. Uh, I'm sure if they did a deep dive into what Owen Tippett had done at the NHL level, forget the AHL level, like that was the whole – that's where I think they were sold on Owen Tippett was the AHL level, which is fine. But we've known over the years it's not an exact proving ground. And so I kind of wonder how dig- deep of a dive did they do? Did they know that they were going to have to work on his shot over the summer and kind of fix it? I don't know, but I think analytics would have helped with that. So I kind of feel like, and again, I can't blame the analytics department because I don't know the percentage that Chuck is taking into, into account when he's getting the report. He's looking at the report. He's probably showing it to Brent. And then after that, I don't know after that how heavy the um, the usage is. But so far, I haven't seen anything. Uh, did they get a college free agent that everybody said, wow, you know what? 
this one's working out great. Somebody they didn't draft, somebody they looked at and broke it down and said, you know what, this this player is perfect for our system. We haven't seen any evidence of that yet. So I think the jury's still out. I think so, too. I think a couple of their key hires didn't come until much later in the season. And so to me, the only move that you can potentially even assign to them is Owen Tippett right uh, right now. And so, I mean, your points are all good ones. I'm in terms of evaluating him. We obviously don't know how much input the analytics group had into that deal right. whatsoever. So I think this year's draft is going to be and free agency is going to be a huge indicator of a, you know, are they utilizing you analytics in the way that they said they were going to do based on the hires they've done in the in the last, you know, four to six months? And will they move forward in a way that kind of synthesizes the business and, and hockey side of things to make really informed decisions? And, you know, unfortunately, there's sometimes almost no way to know. I mean, unless it's going good and they give them credit. But sometimes you could tell a little bit. Um, the only other thing I would say is, so going into next year's scouting, pro scouting and um, for the draft, will there be di- different marching orders? Will there be, hey, we're now focused on this and that, where before it was this and the other thing? I can't tell you that, but we have to be well, hopeful that's true. that it is. Yeah, I, I think that's the right attitude going into all this. All right, last question, looking ahead to the playoffs. Which current matchup are you most excited about? Well, if Rangers-Penguins happens, it'll be that one because I've seen we've seen it recently and there's a good amount of heat. I know people really want Rangers caps because they feel like there'll be this whole blow up because of the whole, um, the whole Tom Wilson thing there and how that whole changed the Rangers organization. They went and picked up all these tough players. But as we know, in the playoffs, it's generally not going to manifest that way. Uh, I also like the Minnesota-St. Louis one. Like a really good team's Mm -hmm. going home in that one. Yeah, I I like that one as well. I really like Toronto-Tampa. Yeah, yeah. I I think that'll be just, you know, with all the offensive firepower on both sides and with Tampa kind of getting their mojo back over the last couple of weeks, I think – It'll be a really fun series. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, it'll be Austin Matthews pitted against Steven Stamkos simply because Stamkos never became a Leaf. He had that whole yeah, thing where... The one you know, that got away. The one that got away. They brought in the, guy, the owner of Canadian Tire. They did everything they could to get him there, and he didn't go there, and they're both 60-goal scorers now. So I can see that being the, the, the stat line on that. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I agree. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, We talked about Cam Atkinson and, you know, his unfortunate injury keeping him out and maybe squandering that goal lead to JVR. But one thing that I've appreciated is how connected he stayed with the Columbus community and continuing to support all the community activity that he built while he was on the Blue Jackets. So that is our fun thing that even though he's not on the ice, he's just still doing good things to support communities and, and hockey. And I love that. He's a man of his word. I've seen him keep his word uh, on Twitter, um, interacting with fans to either get him to a game or other things like that. Just a really good guy at the uh, at the heart of it. 
All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap tonight's game against the Jets. We're going to have our prospect profile. Uh, as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen locked on NHL. Get all the latest updates from around the league, including the playoff action. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.